Public Diplomat Dialogues. This is Professor Guy Gulan broadcasting from the Newhouse School at Syracuse University. Today I have the honor and pleasure of hosting uh, Professor Jamie Fulton from Oklahoma State University. Jamie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Guy. I appreciate it. So, uh, Professor Fulton is a nation branding scholar. Jamie, can you please tell us what nation branding is and why should nations care about nation branding? Well, you know, nation branding has a lot of uh, definitions, but probably the one I like best is the practice of applying brand strategy and other marketing techniques and disciplines to the economic, social, political, and cultural development of countries In other words, it is using, um, you know, what we know from marketing about branding and applying that to countries. And so you have to ask, well, why, why is it important to have a nation brand? And it has to do with um, international public opinion, uh, particularly in the globalized world that we live in. It's very important that people in other countries and, and governments of other countries have a good uh, opinion of your country. And the reason is, is this helps governments achieve their economic and political objectives. It also can be argued that it's a matter of national security. If people around the world like your country, uh, they're less likely to harm it. Okay, but some critics of nation brandings argue that you can't really brand a nation like a bar of soap, right? Well, or a bottle of shampoo. Certainly. that That is the criticism, and I, I would say that the The marketing metaphor only goes so far, of course. Um, it's Nations are much more complex than products or services. And, you know, one of the biggest problems is, you know, who's who's the brand manager? Who's in charge of branding a nation? Is it is it the government? Is it the president? Is it the tourism board? Is it multinational corporations? So, you know, it, it's very complex. And um, but I, I still think that there is an opportunity to – Uh, to use some of the ideas of branding um, when you're thinking about uh, country image or international public opinion and, and shaping that opinion. Very good. Now, you have published many studies, and uh, you looked at various case studies from all around the world. Can you speak to us about some uh, nation branding campaigns that serve as an example of what's the right thing to do and some that have not succeeded so much? Well, of course, um, you know, first of all, you have to think back on history. Countries have always attempted to create an image of themselves on the national stage. You know, when you think of France, you think of the Eiffel Tower, their wonderful cuisine, uh, that they're the foundation of democracy. And all those are kind of deeply embedded cultural images that sort of form uh, the nation brand for France. Uh, but then more recent incidents, let's say like the Charlie Hebdo um, massacre, if you will, and their and France's response to that just reinforced that country brand um, in that their commitment to free speech certainly came out in that. But at the same time, when a tourist encounters, encounters a rude waiter in Paris, that also affects the nation brand. So I tend to see branding as as bigger than just, uh, you know, a communication campaign that you might hire a PR or an ad firm to do. Um, I didn't exactly answer your question, but I wanted to get get that in. Well, okay. Let's uh, look at some case studies. Okay. 
Well, um, there are there are many. I think smaller countries tend to uh, hire uh, PR firms, advertising agencies to do very uh, coordinated marketing type campaigns. One that stands out in my mind that was one uh, to differentiate Slovenia from Slovakia. You know, their names sound the same. They're in roughly the same geographic region, but uh, they're quite quite different. And the wealthier of the two set out, uh, you know, to to brand themselves and say, hey, we're not the other guys. And so, you know, campaigns like that that help educate the consumer, um, I think, you know, are, are very successful. What Brand USA, the new tourism board for the United States, is doing right now uh, in the tourism uh, space it has been quite effective, for example, in bringing international tourists to America. And at the same time, they've dispelled some myths about the U.S. Um, and such as that we're intolerant to um, to gay couples because it shows a gay couple on a trolley or that we're intolerant to uh, Muslims. And uh, it shows a woman in a hajib shopping in New York City. So not only does it serve to bring tourists to our country, but it also helps educate international citizens about America. And in a recent uh, Journal of Marketing Communication study, you looked at the relationship between a, national, a country's reputation and it, the effectiveness of tourism advertising, correct? I did. Can you speak about that? Sure. Well, in um, nation branding, tourism and tourism promotion is certainly one element uh, of nation branding. And sometimes it's considered it the loudest voice, if you will, because they have big budgets and they are in the business of uh, attracting uh, tourists to the country. So they want to portray the country in the best light. And to that extent, you could almost see it as uh, also a element of public diplomacy, which I know is your is your field. And the reason I say that is uh, two reasons. One, that oftentimes tourism advertising and promotion is funded by the government. Uh, and my definition of public diplomacy is uh, somewhat narrow in that it's government-sponsored communication. And the other fact is that even for people that will never travel, after seeing the ad, they're not going to come to America. You're not going to go to Australia. But you have a different impression. You have a more positive image of that nation after seeing the commercials. In our research, we, you know, we tested this hypothesis, and it is shown over and over again with different countries and different advertising to hold true. We call it the bleed-over effect of tourism advertising, not the best uh, term in the world uh, hmm. when you're talking about tourists, but in it, the idea that the benefits spill over uh, into the public diplomacy realm. Well, Jamie, another area of research that sort of connects to nation brands or nation branding is country of origin mm -hmm. uh, literature. Right. So people may relate Samsung to South Korea. They may relate um, Coke to the United States, and they can relate Petrobras to Brazil. Can you speak about that relationship a little bit? The country of origin effect has... Um, been studied and talked about for, for quite some time, you know, Swiss watches and, uh, you know, Italian uh, leather and shoes. 
Um, so we've always sort of associated uh, where a country, uh, where a product was made with uh, a country and associated positive uh, product attributes to that country. And so there's a lot of research, though it's not my particular area, but certainly brands themselves and brand exports are a part of nation branding. That's a contact that an international consumer has when they come into contact with McDonald's, there is inherently going to be some spillover to the United States, for example, because McDonald's is obviously a, a U.S. brand. And so um, that, you know, this country of origin effect basically asks where a country, where a product was made and does that, is that have a positive effect or a negative effect, not only on the consumer's acceptance of that brand, but of their impression of the country. Yeah. So we spoke about nation branding, a little bit about country reputation. We spoke about country of origin effect and we, we mentioned public diplomacy. These are all highly interrelated concepts mm -hmm. and there is much confusion in the field um, about how the different terminologies all come together. Mm -hmm. in, a in your most recent project, you and your co-author Alice Kendrick uh, put together or presented a model of country concept. And I know you have a new book coming out about this. Can you speak about mm -hmm. the uh, the new concept? Well, thank you very much for for asking about it. This is this is a work in progress. It is definitely under construction, and uh, you're absolutely right. You know, this field is very new. Um, public diplomacy really only formally goes back to World War II. Uh, nation branding, you could argue, didn't really exist before 9/11. So. And, and the way they're related, it's very interdisciplinary, and there is little, if no, theory uh, that that uh, explains or or serves as a framework for teaching and practicing in these fields. So, given that, um, and and over a you know decades worth of research that I've done, I put together uh, this model of country concept and um, I'd be happy to send you a copy of it and, and you can and post it for folks to see. But basically it tries to explain, you know, how all of these things work together, um, helps us come up with some definitions and terminology, and then uh, just creates a framework um, for teaching and practice. Um, so, we're working on a book and we're actually going to have a symposium in August in San Francisco. And I've invited uh, scholars uh, from around the world and across disciplines uh, to comment on the model um, and or uh, contribute their own research uh, in the field. And hopefully we'll all come together and, and have a good discussion and kind of push, push the discipline forward a bit. Well, it sounds great, and I will post uh, a link to the model oh, on, great. on this podcast so our listeners can take mm -hmm. a look for themselves. And uh, while listeners actually press click and open it, they can see that it's a circle that includes many different circles within mm -hmm. it. Right, right. So at the core of your model, you have public diplomacy, mm -hmm. uh, the mediated and the relational uh, elements of it, but then at the outer branch, you have nation branding, country reputation, and the final layer, the exterior layer, is public opinion. Right. So can you speak a little bit about the interaction between these 
three con of four concepts. Okay, great. Um, well, the model itself tries to answer the question of how um, attitudes toward a certain country are formed. You know, this this idea of international public opinion. We've already talked about how important it is for countries, and so the model attempts to describe that. So. This the outer uh, ring then has all of the external environments. So nation branding, public diplomacy, they operate within these environments that you really don't have much control over. Um, I'll just take one, for example, you know, economic conditions in 2008 when the we had the global, you know, economic uh, downturn, the way uh, countries uh, perceived each other. It, it, it was it was different, and just because of of the econ, economic environment, um, things like our historical relationships, like between the United States and the UK, we have this special relationship that we talk about that goes back uh, to World War II. That relationship will always color is a lens, you know, through which we always will see the UK brand. So the outer ring represents sort of this environment that you don't have a lot of control over, but you need to acknowledge when you're thinking about nation branding. So then the next the next ring is, in fact, nation branding. And it's important to say that that's an activity. That's an action. That's uh, something that uh, an agent, whoever that might be, can a- actually try to uh, implement. And then the outcome of that, if you see the arrows pointing down, is country reputation. So country reputation is the outcome of nation branding. That country reputation is that perception in the international public's mind about a particular country. And it varies slightly from person to person, and, and there's a lot of branding literature that talks about kind of how branding works. So if you think about brand contacts, then nation branding, uh, according to Simon Anholt, can be divided into sort of six areas, and we've talked about some of them, you know, people, tourism, uh, brands, governance, investment, and culture. Um we really drill down on the governance piece because it's the, um, it, you know, it's very important and it has a lot of influence. And so under that is public diplomacy. So uh, public diplomacy, as I define it, is government-sponsored communication aimed at foreign audiences. And this comes from your work, Guy, uh, dividing then public diplomacy into two groups, either mediated, that type of communication that uses media, and relational, the, the people-to-people sorts of things. Um, I just got back from a conference in Washington, D.C. Um, for Global Ties, which is uh, the NGO that's associated with the State Department that implements the International Visitor Program. And so um, since 1940, thousands of international visitors, leaders in other countries, heads of who are now heads of state and very prominent people around the world, came to America on a grant from the U.S. government. And that's fabulous uh, one-on-one nation branding. It's very powerful. It's very effective. Uh, The problem is it's not very cost efficient. And so that's why the mediated public diplomacy is so important, because you can reach large number of people. It may not be quite as effective uh, or as long lasting, but it is very efficient in in reaching lots of people. 
Very good. Thank you so much for giving us a little tour through your new model, and we wish you lots of luck with it. Uh, all of our listeners will pay attention and look forward to the new book when it comes out. Well, thank you. And uh, we would like to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, Jamie, if somebody wants to follow you on Twitter or Facebook, what's the best way to learn more about your work? Well, you know, I um, can always be reached at Oklahoma State University, and I'm happy to accept any emails. Uh, the microsite that you are going to link them to is also a good way to learn about about my work. The university maintains that. I do have a Facebook presence, and I welcome that. And, uh, anyone who wants to follow me on Facebook, although I'll, I will add, you'll hear lots about my, um, you know, my kids and my dogs along the way. Uh, but for my <laughs> academic work, it's really best to use the the OSU website and email. Okay, Jamie Fulton, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you in San Francisco for the symposium this summer in AJMC conference. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. Please join us and follow us on Twitter at public underscore diplomat. Give us a like on Facebook. And, of course, follow thepublicdiplomat.com. For Jamie Fulton, I'm Guy Golan. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.